Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast.
music, God, that each time we feel that touch of beauty and warmth and nature and creation and communion with each other, Lord, and fellowship, it's a taste of you, God. It's a taste of a glimpse of eternity, Lord, and I thank you so much, Lord, that you don't um, ask for part of us, that you don't give yourself in pieces, Lord, but that you are a committal God. Lord, that you stay true to your promises, you're a covenantal God, hallelujah, Lord, that we can rest in the truth that our inheritance is imperishable, God, I just can't get over that, Lord, there's nothing that we can do, Lord, once we um, are bought, uh, once we're a child of God, Lord, there's nothing that we can do to take away your love, God, we just, we thank you for that, Lord, God, I thank you for how you reveal yourself in nature, I thank you for how you reveal yourself um, in beauty of relationships. And uh, you say that every good and perfect gift comes from you, God. And so, Lord, we just say thank you. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for making a way that we could step back into a relationship with you and, and have you delight in us, God. Thank you that we are covered in your mercy. And, Lord, I pray that we'll just rest in that, God. I, I just thank you so much. Well, hi, you guys. Welcome back to this Sunday. Uh, I hope you're doing well. Hope things are, are going great for you. We started this new series in July last week on when the going gets tough. And we began our uh, message, uh, our first message in this series talking about Jonah. Jonah. And last week we went through the story of Jonah that God called Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach against the wickedness of the city. But instead, Jonah... Jonah went a different direction, and God pursued Jonah. And remember, there was he was on a ship, and there was a storm, and they threw the cargo over, and they drew lots, and it fell on Jonah. And Jonah then had to come to grips with the fact that he could not hide from God, and that God was pursuing him. And so they tossed Jonah overboard, and Jonah gets swallowed by a big fish and uh, gets vomited up on dry land, and he goes to the city, he obeys God, and he begins to preach the message that God gave him. And the, the bulk of the message was this, 40 more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. In other words, the end has come. Either turn to God or this city is going to burn. And uh, what a powerful message that Jonah had for the people. Well, today we're going to continue where we left off, and I've got some takeaways for us. So here we go. Here we go. We were in chapter 3, verse 10. And God, after Jonah's preaching to the city of Nineveh, the people believe God and they turn back to God. And so God changed his plan. He was going to destroy Nineveh, but they turned to God. And so he chose not to bring destruction upon them. And we come to verse 4 or chapter 4, and check this out. He gets angry and he wants to die. He has this big pity party because, because he knew God would forgive them. He knew God was gracious and loving and caring and that God loves them. And so he gets mad at them. He knew that God, it says, was gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, who relents from sending calamity. God does not want to do that to anyone. And the book ends like this. This is how the book of Jonah ends. Jonah is on the hillside. This is crazy. He's up on the hillside, and he's watching for the fire to fall on Nineveh. He's just like, he's sitting there, and God sends a vine of, of for shade as Jonah watches the city. 
And Jonah's very happy about this, this shade that God provided for him, right? God has provided this, this stalk or this little bush, that, like a sunflower plant that grows up and he gives him shade. And God provides then a worm and a worm chews away on the vine and the vine withers away. And so Jonah's now out in the heat, in the scorching heat. And now Jonah went from very happy and now he's very sad. He gets scorched by the sun and again, Jonah just wants to die. Another pity party of Jonah. And God says to Jonah, you're more concerned about the vine that I caused the vine to wither and now the sun's beating on you. You're more concerned about this vine than you are about the people of Nineveh. You're more concerned about your, your stuff than you are the souls of people. Isn't that the truth for, for America, for all of us? We're more concerned about what we have and what we get and what we don't get than we are about caring and loving people, the people that God made in his image. One race, one human race, one man from Adam and Eve, all of us have come. And Jonah's more concerned about the thing he lost than he is about the people who are about to perish. And God says, you're more concerned about that, Jonah. And then God says, and this is how the book ends, should I, God says, should I not be more concerned about this great city? How sad. You know, somebody once said, somebody once said, tough times don't last. People, tough people do. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. And how true is that? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It's not going to last. It will come to pass. It will, it will go on by. It will go on by. It's how life is. It's just good times, bad times, whatever happens, it will go on by. But some of it sweeps people away like a river just rushing through. And it sweeps people away because they're so focused on the problem that they get sucked into it and they're gone. Other people stand firm. They stand firm on the rock that will not be washed away. And they become tougher and stronger and wiser because they, they approach it with a different mindset. That's what God wants us to do. i got some takeaways for us uh, as we wrap this thing up. Real quick takeaways. Number one, when God wants a job done, he will come knocking. You can be sure of this. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, and he said to Jonah, Jonah, I've got a job for you to do, and I need you to go. Go to Nineveh. And, and, and God, the question is for you and me is this. Has God, has God called you to some work? Has God called you to do something specifically for him? Some need that God sees in the world that only you can do. If you're a believer and you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then you have a spiritual gift in you. The Holy Spirit came and he brought with him at least a gift, maybe more spiritual gifts. And those gifts are to be used for the body of Christ and to reach the world, to reach people for the kingdom of God. That's what those gifts are for. Are you using your gift? God has... Maybe not called you like he called Jonah, but he has gifted you. Are you using your gift? The kingdom work is so great in the world. Is God, is God working? Is he, is he working in your heart? Is he, is he working in you and, and able to use you for his glory? Have you surrendered to the Lord and are you doing what he's called you to do? It's easy to look at Jonah and say, Jonah, you're a fool. 
But are we, are we doing what God has called us to do? That's a good question, right? Number two is this, and this is a longer one. God calls his people to speak up against worldly wickedness. Now, this is huge because the, 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 the goal of this, remember the goal of, of Jonah going to preach and the goal of us speaking up against the wickedness of the world is that people would turn back to God. That is the ultimate goal. We know that the world has been hijacked by the evil one. We know that the devil is having his way. We see evidence all around us, and the evidence is being turned up. It's almost like the knob, the volume has been cranked, and the evil behind what people are doing is greater than ever before. We are missionaries as believers in Christ. We're missionaries to in a foreign land, right? This world, it is not our home. We are the light in the midst of the darkness. And our battle, our battle is against spiritual forces in heavenly places, the spiritual forces behind the physical things, right? That's our battle, not flesh and blood, right? The physical engagement that you and I must take against things that are happening in the world isn't against necessarily the physical things that are happening, but it's against the spiritual forces of evil behind them. The things that are causing people to do things that they should not do. The criminal behavior, the acts of violence, the hate, all of it, the murder, the killing of the innocent, all those things have evil forces behind it causing people to do things. Our battles against those things we have to speak to people to help people understand that we must stand for the truth and what is right. Wickedness spreads when godly people do nothing. Okay? You want wickedness and evil to spread? Then stay silent. Don't say anything. Don't speak up. Don't stand for the truth. And wickedness will just continue to take over. It will. If good people do nothing, that will be the result. God calls us to speak up before the end comes. There's a bunch of verses. Let me read a couple of them. Ephesians chapter 5 says this, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. That's what Paul says. Expose them. It is shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. In Psalm 94, it says, Who will rise for, for me against the wicked? Right? Who will rise for me against the wicked? Who will stand for me against those who practice uh, who practice iniquity. Who's going to stand for me, God asks. He, he sends the word out to all of us. Who is going to stand? Who's going to speak out? Who's going to expose? Who? Which of us? Who's going to do it? Ezekiel said, If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him, God says, If I say to the wicked, you shall surely die, and then you give them no warning, or you don't speak to warn the wicked of his wicked way. If you don't do it, if you stay silent, in order to save his life, the wicked person shall die for his iniquity. But God says, but the blood, his blood, his blood will be required at your hand. In other words, if you stay silent, the blood of the wicked who perish will be on our hands if we stay silent. And there's so many other verses that, that God gives us throughout his word. Ezekiel 3.27 and James 4. James says, you adulterers, uh, don't you know that friendship with the world means hostility to God? Whoever wants to be a friend of the world is an enemy of God. See, God calls us, especially in end times, to choose our side, to pick our side, to, to, to be very clear about whose side we are. Are we on the Lord's side or are we, are we just going to be on the world's side or are we just going to be wishy-washy in the middle somewhere? 
Okay, we're going to sit on the fence. God calls us to pick a side. John the Baptist, remember him, Matthew 3, 7? But when they saw many of the Pharisees, he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to the baptism, he said to them, this John the Baptist pointed at the religious leaders, he says, you brought a vapors, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Like he points right his finger right at their face and says, like, who warned you? You bunch of wickedness and sinfulness and evil people. Jesus, Jesus himself said to the religious leaders, you brought a vipers. How can you speak good when you are evil? Jesus called people out even to their face. All right. And then in Acts 13, then Paul, who was also called, uh, saw also called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked straight at Elimaeus, and he said, You are a child of the devil and an enemy, enemy of everything that is right. You are full of all kinds of deceit and trickery. Will you never stop perverting the right ways of the Lord? See, God calls his people to speak out. In Ephesians 4.15, the scripture says to speak the truth, but do it in love. And that's what we should do to Jonah. To Jonah, the Lord said, go to the city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. God called Jonah to speak against the city for their wickedness. I wonder, I wonder, and you've got to wonder with me. Okay, wonder with me right now for a minute. Has the sins of our country, has the sins of our cities and our towns, has our sins, Come up before the Lord. Is the Lord aware of the sins of the people of the land? And who will go? Who will go? Who will speak? Who will warn? The prophet Isaiah was asked that question. He said, I heard a voice of the Lord say, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And he said, Here I am. Send me. And God said to Isaiah, Go. 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 He said, go and tell this people. This is what he told them to go say. Be ever hearing, but never understanding, but ever seeing, but never perceiving. Make the heart of the people callous. Make their ears dull and close their eyes. Why? Because they don't care about the things of God. But you go and you give them another chance. They're not going to listen, though. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. Some people are simply bent on evil. That's all they want. Their life is about them. The devil has gotten a hold of them, and they don't care about truth. They don't care about what is right. They don't care about doing the right thing, and they don't care about the things of God. And we, as godly people, have to call out the wickedness. We have to speak. God calls his people to speak against the wickedness of the world, the evil forces that cause people to do the things that they do to do bad things. Be brave. Don't, do not be afraid. Be brave and speak up. It's awesome to see people standing when everyone else is kneeling, when everyone else is bowing down to the pressure of the world. It is so refreshing to see that one person say, I'm not bowing. I'm going to stand for the truth and for what's right and for respect and love. The goal, the goal through all this speaking against the wickedness, the goal is repentance and salvation, not destruction. We must warn them of what's to come.
We know what's coming. The end is coming. Number three, you can run, but you cannot hide. You can run, but you cannot hide. That's what we learned from Jonah. Okay? You know, remember that song? Ain't no valley low enough. Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river long enough. No ocean deep enough. You can run, forest. You can run. The psalmist said it like this. Psalm 139. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, and if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will not or will hold me fast. God is saying to us, you can't go anywhere on the planet or in the universe to the moon or to this to the to 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 uh, Mars or wherever you plan to go. You can't go anywhere where God is not. He is everywhere and he sees you. You can run, but you cannot. You cannot hide. You can avoid the Lord. You can try to run from the Lord. You can act like he's not talking to you. You can bury yourself in the world and just simply be too busy for God. You can do all that, but you cannot hide. You cannot hide. He is there. And you just got to love. I just love chapter 1, verse 7. I emphasized it earlier. They're on the boat. The storm is coming, the cargo's over, and they cast lots, and the lot falls on Jonah. There's a lot of people. We don't know how many people on the ship, but there's a shipload, a crewload of people. And it falls on Jonah. His name is the one that is, that is picked. It comes up. You got to love that. That's not coincidence, y'all. That's God saying, Jonah, I see you. Jonah, I see you. I know right where you are. You can try to hide. You can, you can get on a boat and sail across the, the ocean if you want. But I know right where you are, Jonah. I know right where you are. And just, just check this out. Check out how far Jonah ran. I hope you can see this map. This is, this is a modern-day map, by the way. But, but this is where Jonah starts. Okay, That's where Jonah starts. God tells Jonah to go this way, to Nineveh. Nineveh is up here somewhere. Okay, here's what Jonah does. Well, some people say Jonah ran to Tarsus, which is right here, but that's not true. Jonah went to Tarshish. Here's where Tarshish is. Tarshish is over here. God told Jonah to go this way. Jonah went that way. Jonah went as far as Jonah could find a path to go. He's on a boat, and he is going all the way over here to the lower part of Spain where Tarshish is. Look it up on a map. This is the direction that Jonah is gone. He is running. He is running so far from the Lord. It's not funny. He thinks that if he can get over there, somewhere, way over there, God will never find him there. Well, guess right. Guess what, Jonah? You're wrong. Number four, come clean with God on your own. Just do that. Only after they found him hiding. Only after they cast lots and it fell on him. Only after they questioned him about his life. Then he comes clean. Then he comes clean. In verse 9, he says, okay, it's me. I'm guilty. I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. He's like, I am the one who is at fault for this problem. The God of all creation that I worship, that I'm running from, has called this, caused this, and they ter this terrified them, and they asked, what should we do? Number five, freedom comes when people hear the truth. And that's why we cannot stay silent. We have to be careful what we do and how we say it and how we go about everything that we do. We do. We have to be careful. We can't do it in hate. 
But we have to speak the truth. The truth has got to be out there to give people the chance, to give them the truth that they can have an option to choose the route they're running or they can choose truth. And if you don't speak it, if you don't say it, if you don't live it, then how will people have the option? They won't. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. See, freedom comes by knowing the truth, and people get to hear the truth when you and I share it. So once Jonah shared the message of God, remember he goes through the city and he shares the message, uh, which, which, by the way, the message was not lovey-dovey, cushy-wushy. It was not Jesus loves you, this I know, for the Bible tells me. That was not the message of Jonah. The message of Jonah was this. God said, preach against the wickedness of Nineveh. It is it is, it is more of a turn or burn message than it is, than it is about the, 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 the cushy love of God, right? It, 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 it leaned more toward the end for you is near. Turn back to God or you're going to be destroyed. Like, like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? Fire fell from heaven and wiped out the whole place because of the wickedness of the people. Same thing's about to happen here in Nineveh. Freedom comes when people hear the truth. So finally, Jonah obeys. He goes and he shares a message. And the message was this, 40 more days and Nineveh will be like destroyed. Nineveh is about to get destroyed. The cold, hard truth was this. This is your last chance to turn to God. This is it. If you don't turn to God today, tomorrow you won't even be in existence. Repent or you will be destroyed. Sometimes the truth is tough to say. And sometimes the truth is tough to hear. And sometimes the truth is tough to take. But it will set you free. It will give you an option if you will just turn to God and be set free. Speak the truth in love. Use every, every mechanism, every opportunity you have to speak the truth in love, people. As believers in a world of chaos and darkness that is headed for destruction, we have got to speak for God. We cannot remain silent. We must love like Jesus loved, but we must speak the truth. The end is coming soon. We must warn people of the coming destruction, just like Jonah did. It's so true for us even today. Number six, want what's best. Want what's best for others, not calamity, right? So, so that's the issue here. Speaking the truth is what we need to do, but how we do it is so important. Jonah, see Jonah, what he wanted to do is sit on the hillside and see fire and brim. He got like his front row seats, got his popcorn out, and he's sitting on the side of the hill waiting for the fire to fall you know, like on Nineveh and destroy the whole thing. What he wanted was God to crush him and crush Nineveh. And Jonah's heart was all wrong. The message was God's message, but the heart was wrong. His attitude was wrong. And even though he knew that God was gracious and just wanting them to turn back. See, what Jonah knew is this. Plan A for God is, is love. God's Plan A is love, is that you will turn and repent and come to know Jesus and accept him as Lord and let his blood cleanse you from all sin. That's God's plan A. Plan B is simple. It's already in the, in the, in the books. 
destruction. The end will come. God will wipe it all away. And if you don't turn to God while you have an opportunity, plan B is what's going to happen to you. You have got to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life. Repent of your sins. Be honest with God. Humble yourself. Be washed in the watery grave of baptism that your sins would be removed and times of refreshing might come from the Lord to you. The problem was this. Jonah wanted plan B. Jonah, Jonah was excited for God to pour out plan B. And what God always wants is plan A. He always wants us to turn. Jonah chose to run and flee from God. That's what Jonah did. He chose to run and flee from God, but he couldn't. God wanted to use him. God had a work to be done, not just, and get this, not just, not just through Jonah, not just by Jonah sharing the message to Nineveh, but God had a work to be done in Jonah. And that's what makes this story so profound. It's, it's about what God wants to do in Jonah while he wants to use Jonah to reach other people. In the process of saving Nineveh, God desired for Jonah, Jonah to be set free. Jonah thought it's all about Nineveh. And God is working in the heart of Jonah. One could argue that the story is more about Jonah's freedom than it is about Nineveh's rescue. You could truly argue that. And the extremes, the extremes that God will go through to change a heart. All that God will do for you and me to change a heart, to change your heart, to give you a shot at love, to give you a shot at accepting the grace and the mercy of God before, before the end comes and it's coming and then it's too late. God wants to give you and me one more opportunity today. You can run. You can run and you can flee, or you can turn to God and be set free. The choice is all of ours. It's yours and it's mine today. What are we going to do with that choice when the going gets tough?